0: Hello and welcome to Voices at Play, an actual play podcast focused on games by marginalized creators played by marginalized people. Today, playing with me, we have Chelsea,
1: Hi, I'm Chelsea. My pronouns are she, her. I'll be playing Mr. Benson, and his pronouns can also be his, mister, she. She kind of jumps between, just depending on her feelings. You can find me on Twitch. My name is Chelsea Bites, and I currently stream a whole bunch of different games as well as D&D as well, and
0: I'd love to meet you there. We also have Megan.
1: Hi, I'm Megan. My pronouns
2: are she, her. I'm playing Sir Didymus from The Labyrinth, and his pronouns are he, him. You can find me on Twitter at Tabletop underscore Megan. I'm also one of the hosts of Tabletop Potluck, which is another diverse actual play podcast showcasing a
0: wide variety of pen and paper role-playing games. And last but certainly not least, Sam.
3: Hi, I'm Sam. My pronouns are they, them. And I'll be playing the character of Dr. Romero from Spy Kids 2. You can find me on Twitter at JustSamPlease. I'm currently an employee of Meta Arcade. You can find that at MetaArcade.com. We have a couple apps out, and we're currently doing a closed beta of our all-inclusive platform for creating and publishing interactive role-playing adventures, sort of interactive fiction style with RPG elements.
0: And I'm Atlas. My pronouns are he and thon. I do a lot of things, but none of them very consistently. You can follow me on Twitter at koboldtime. That's my vibe, I guess. Uh, And you can see most of the stuff that I do pinned there, including my game design work, my streaming, And my other podcast. I'll be your host and Game Master today, and we're going to be playing Interstitial. Our Hearts Intertwined by Riley Hopkins of LinkSmith Games, a Powered by the Apocalypse tabletop RPG about our connections with other people and the powers we draw from those connections and traveling to different worlds. So, like, inspired by things like Kingdom Hearts and Marvel and DC's crossover comics and stuff, it's very fun and very self-indulgent, which I like. I think we should start with character introductions. So...
1: I have created a character. Her name is Mr. Benson. I'll be playing the connected playbook. Mr. Benson has lived her life of hardship and she finally has come up employed in an architectural company here in Eda. And her family, which includes her ailing mother and her younger brother have been kind of scraping by keeping themselves together. So this opportunity has been great for her, but it just doesn't seem to be coming fast enough. Along with her two friends, Grimsby and Laura, they are in some shady business in the city of Eda. She also wants to kind of get them out of there as well. So she'll be doing anything and everything that she can to get them away from the sickness and danger that plagues them. And that's my character. Mr. Benson.
3: So I'm going to be playing Dr. Romero from Spy Kids 2. He's played by Steve Buscemi, if you need to visualize sort of his face situation. So imagine Steve Buscemi wearing a really old tattered lab coat and then also glasses with the left lens cracked pretty severely. He also wears like a sun visor type, pretty gross, weird hat thing.
0: It's a very look. I'm not going to say it's good a, look, so, it's but a it's a look. definitely a look.
3: It's a strong look. It's a powerful look. Yes. Um. No matter how you feel about it. He's a geneticist who sequestered himself on an island to experiment with genetic splicing. Basically, he created creatures like sporks, which are combinations of a pig and a bird that can fly. So a flying pig, basically. His original plan was to launch these in miniature form as like mini zoos for kids. And then he accidentally spilled growth serum on his creations and they started to run wild. So he hid in fear until the spy kids themselves found him, taught him courage and he helped them to save the island and defeat some nasty ne'er-do-wells. The help of his creatures, who it turned out were really his friends all along. And he was just so cowardly that he couldn't say that they wanted to be uh, closer to him. So yeah, that, that's that's where he's at.
0: I love that when you answered the question, how does your mystic visually give off an impression of knowledge to them? You have like some things that are like, reasonable and stuff, but you have also he's Steve Buscemi, which. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at Steve Buscemi, you're like, that's that's a man who knows some things, some secrets of some kind. He's got wise eyes. He's the the mystic. It's a sort of magic-based class, but I'm going to be playing it more as a sort of science-ish class, because the science he does is already basically magic. And Sir Didymus is the fox terrier, question
2: mark, knight from the labyrinth. As the Labyrinth Wiki says, he is an often illogically heroic knight who is encountered when attempting to leave the Bog of Eternal Stench. That's really kind of him in a nutshell. He's the kind of person who's willing to live in a Bog of Eternal Stench to uphold his duty.
0: And you're playing the knucklehead, correct?
2: Yes, that's a pretty knuckleheadish uh, choice for your life. So, he's the knucklehead.
0: You are unfamiliar. Ita is a suggested setting that it comes with, so we thought it would be cool to show that off, and also I'm a bit lazy and didn't have time to come up with my own thing, so we're gonna be showing off the pre-made setting for Interstitial. Hopefully, I don't think we'll get to, like, all the cool intricacies of it. It's not like pages and pages and pages, but it's surprisingly dense what it does tell you. So a few questions. How do you all know each other? Because you've met before because you start with links with each other, which we'll get to. But specifically, Mr. Benson, you live on a a world that is very shut down from outside travel. They don't like people that are from other worlds. They don't want other people from other worlds here. They don't want people from here going to other worlds.
1: Mr. Benson, being the uh, very intelligent woman that she is, has heard of Dr. Romero's work and (laughs) it's traveled across all, you know, interplanetary, you know, levels of communication. And just from being so inquisitive, I find his work very interesting. Now, Mr. Benson probably wouldn't apply it the way that he did, but uh, the the, the, uh, methods are very, you know, very interesting. And they lead to even further questions that she would like to ask him if she ever got to meet him. Sir Demis, she may have heard of rumors of him, a silly creature (laughs) who who is stubborn to the end and will uh, endure any sort of plight to see his efforts done. I may have uh, read a couple of books, a little story. He sounds like a, a storybook character to me, like something you tell your kid at night. to to strike fear into their heart (laughs) so it might have been a story my mother told me you know once before
3: so this gets into like something character creationy I guess have we met on previous travels or rather Sir Didymus and I just sort of appearing suddenly in Ida?
0: I think you are appearing suddenly in Ida, but if you want to have met on previous travels as well that's definitely an option
3: I mean I'm open to it I'm also fine with just doing a storybook thing because I know that the Labyrinth book hops around and appears where it wants to, how it wants to. So there's definitely a possibility that Dr. Omero would have read it. I mean, he's read a lot of books, obviously. He wears glasses. Um, and he – I say this is someone who also wears glasses, so I'm allowed. Uh, <laughs> but he, he – probably was inspired by these sort of fairy tale books in the first place to do these mashup creature creations. So he's definitely fascinated by Sir Didymus, uh, no matter how or when or if they've met before. For Dr. Ben- uh, sorry, for Mr. Benson. Um I almost gave you a doctorate. Uh for for Mr. Benson, I think he's flattered honestly that someone is interested in and, and appreciates his work on any sort of level. Um <laughs> because, you know, he, he hasn't really Found much purchase in any sort of community for uh you know sci- the scientific community or the you know everyday community I guess of uh people who understand and appreciate his work so yeah mm-hmm. he's definitely hungry for you know appreciation and uh, interest and for Sir
2: Didymus uh the labyrinth itself is an incredibly magical place and. It's very obvious that, at least in the Goblin Kingdom, there's means to look into other worlds. So I'm sure that Sir Didymus just stumbled across, oh, means to look into other worlds, and these are two of the people that he's been able to get a glance at and form opinions of.
0: Yeah, very cool. So let's, let's get into those opinions and make our links. This is the part of the setup of the game is to have links with the other player characters.
1: I would definitely lean towards a mastery link with Dr. Romero in terms of probably a teacher. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully this would be positive. I'd, I'd like it to be positive. <laughs> I like this to be a positive link because, uh, you know, Mister Benson likes to learn. Uh, doesn't like to, you know, have a teacher that's, you know, constantly giving her Fs or anything like that. So, and then with uh, Sir Didymus, I think I, I don't really see Sir Didymus as, you know, a rival because he's so you know, forthright. And he, he he knows where, you know, where he needs to be and what's going on. I can't do anything but respect that. So I might have to do a, a heart link with him because he's going to probably teach Mr. Benson something about herself. Because getting past all of those scary stories, you know, that my mom, I mean, that her mom told about her, I mean, about us or Didymus, uh, I'm going to probably learn something new from him. So that's that's where I'm going to approach these uh,
0: links. What you said is like a good like explanation for the kind of link that you think, but like translate that into a sentence.
1: I think I can learn from Dr. Romero and uh, his vast expertise. And I think that Sardidimus is more than meets the eye.
3: I think that Dr. Romero have a light link with Mr. Benson. It might seem weird for someone who is being looked up to as like a teacher to not think of the other person as a student, but I really don't think that Dr. Romero would. Um, mm-hmm. He's, he's fairly antisocial. I mean, he did literally pack up and move to an abandoned Island um, <laughs> to, you know, to be away from people. And he's not super good with people. I think, I think he would have a light link with Mr. Benson just because Mr. Benson is nice and that is the sentence I've chosen is Mr. Benson is nice as, as my light link
0: sentence. I love it. (laughs) Uh,
3: for Sir Didymus, I'm thinking a heart link because Dr. Romero is used to being like the weirdest person in any room. And, uh, you know, with good reason, but, uh, Sir Didymus is visually and personality wise, much more bombastic and strange, I think than Dr. Romero. Um, and the fact that he doesn't think about that at all and is totally courageous even to a fault makes Dr. O'Mara, who is just like an archetypical coward, um, think a lot more about himself and 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 what he might be capable of. So, um, Sir Didymus makes me think about myself is the, the sentence I've chosen. Or l- let's say Sir Didymus makes me reconsider my coward.
2: Sir Didymus, I think, would have a light link with Mr. Benson because she has ambition that I admire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a dark link with Dr. Romero because he is a coward. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, it's all very appropriate. Very good. Let's let's get started then. Um so, uh Mr. Benson, uh it's like a normal day for you. Um it's pretty early in the morning. Um but, uh, I assume you have to go to work at, like, a reasonable hour.
1: hmm Um. You're right.
0: Yeah, so, like, you're, uh, do you, uh, the tech level of Eta is kind of left vague. Um, I'm picturing, like, cities, but, like, I was, I was kind of picturing, like, cities and, but not cars and, like, weapons, but not guns and stuff. Um. Right. Like, I don't know, I just thought that would be, like, interesting, um,
1: I think that would actually be really cool, especially if there was like a uh, huge uh, shift, like a huge, uh, like a huge shift in power from like you know that part where it's super, uh, I guess undeveloped. I guess you'd like to say mm-hmm. like there's you like like you said there's weapons but no guns and you know modes of transportation but no cars. I think that's what you said. Yeah, like right, and then there's like one person or one group that's like amassed all of this. You know, wealth and power, and they can, they kind of make the things that, you know, they want to make. They have all of the frivolities. And, and I work <laughs> for that, uh, for that group. And I'm more of an architectural uh, design, uh, you know, I'm an architect. Yeah. So I've been able to kind of, you know, shape parts of the city.
0: Yeah. Very a, cool. A, you
1: know, yeah, I would probably wake up early because I'm trying to get this. I, I need to, you know, land a big contract to kind of get my family, you know, trying to get as much much funds to, you know, get my family settled as long as, you know, along with my friends. Mm-hmm. So I wake up early in the morning, have to go and talk to uh, this specific, you know, group in power and their clients, see what the next design will be, and hopefully. I can uh, get put on and get a contract to myself so I don't have to split the funds with, you know, other bigger designers and things like that. Do you
0: want to name that group? uh,
1: We could call them the Collective. The Collective. Very good. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, the Collective may... uh, how they, whenever they just want things, they just want, 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 and uh-huh. you know, nowadays they're demanding things that are bigger, which isn't really, you know, that's why we have so much construction in the background, as you can see with all the hooks and things. the The place is getting bigger, and that's not really what Edo was. It was more flat to the ground back in you know my day, back when I was a kid, and uh, now I've started to see myself put more work into making things taller and stuff like that. So it's really changing around here.
0: Yeah that but yeah that's good. Um so when you're heading to work do you like have a bike or do you walk do you take public transit? Um
1: I I take public transit because I get to observe it's like a daily routine for me. If you work in, if you're literally working on the city then you need to be observing all modes of transportation, how people are going to come up on something that you built. Uh, how they're feeling, you know it's it's a it's it's a method of of uh, practice that I take. So yeah, I take public transportation.
0: Very cool. So like you've gotten to your stop and you've gotten off and you're like walking to like your uh because like your your office is n- not like right right off the train station. You have to like walk a few blocks. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you turn down like an alley and suddenly there is like a flash of light and there are two beings laying on the ground in front of you. One looks like Steve Buscemi and the other looks like a dog. Um.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I clearly I I take a few steps back and I I try to observe the situation. I'm like, who who are these people? Oh, my goodness. Is is that Dr. Romero? Mm hmm. (laughs) that to me i'm like oh my god that's dr romero i'm gonna run up to him and be like oh my god what are you doing here because i'm super excited i've i've heard quite a bit of you know of his repertoire across the systems. yeah so you know i try to see if he's okay check on dr him. romero's immediate response when you touch him is and he's still
3: kind of coming to but he's like and he uh like scrambles back um and, and and like adjusting his glasses and sort of blinking around with really wide eyes, just like taking everything in. Um, and he's going to sort of pat himself down and just say, who are you?
1: Oh, where well, am I? You're on Eda. I'm Mr. Benson. I work at an architectural company right down the street from here. Are You just popped out of nowhere. And what's this? Is, is this a dog? What is this? Is this your dog?
2: At that, Sir Didymus will jump all the way onto his feet and just go ambrosius
1: am, am- ambrosius oh I'll, oh clearly this isn't a dog because i i'm kind of startled by that i kind of jump back yeah like, oh you it's like
0: tall. are you probably like more startled than most people would be because like off-worlders are not like a thing on uh i don't think they're called offworlders in the book i think they're called something else but i keep Offworlders get stuck in my I hands. like
1: offworlders, okay. yeah.
0: Offworlders <laughs> are like not a thing in ETA anymore. Um. Uh. You may have lived through the time when there was offworlders on ETA, but if you have more questions, if that comes up, we can talk about that. But like, right. it's not a thing anymore. And this is like clearly not, this person is clearly not from ETA.
1: Yeah, clearly. I'm, I'm, my, I am. There are clearly red flags going off in my head, but my curiosity just kind of takes over. Yeah, that's
0: definitely fair. Um,
1: mm-hmm. I'm like, oh goodness, what is that? How did you get here? Uh, I look to Doctor Romero and say, "What's happening? Why are you here? You're supposed to be off over here. You're supposed to be working on your your new groundbreaking research." I, I, I was. I, I was working with the transmuker device. I It was
3: broken, and I was trying to repair it and, 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 and hook it up to... Oh. Oh. I shouldn't have been working during the storm. There must have been an electrical surge. It would have set off the breakers, and the transmuker device might have been activated without me. Ugh. Oh. Well, did this is all it, wrong. Did you
1: bring this with you? What is this? What is this no, I No, I
3: have, I have no idea. No. No, I've never made anything like this. I am not of this. Well, what are you? My name is Sir Didymus.
1: Oh, it has a title. You're, are you, you're from a book. Yeah, my mom used to tell me stories about you. I am from my home. And that is that. Well, we're all from our homes. Mm-hmm. I have a home down the street. I'm, you're kind of freaking me out a little bit. I gotta call my mom. I.
0: You mentioned, um, uh, Mr. Benson, that you were, like, at the beginning, you were kind of, like, trying to assess the situation. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think that that qualifies as the move, deep dive, when you confront a situation in front of you and ask questions, roll with heart?
1: I think it definitely would, at this point, is one of the moves. Let's see if I can roll.
0: Yeah, roll first. Let me see
1: what I can roll. All right, so we're gonna do just a... So we're doing two d sixes. Yeah,
0: two d six plus your heart stat.
1: Oh, I got an eight. Yeah,
0: so you Sorry get, get to ask one. Question. So you get ask one, and you gain plus one forward okay. when acting on the answers.
1: Okay. Um. So I'm going to ask. Um. I'm probably going to get some better. I'm probably I haven't gotten an answer from uh, Sir Didymus yet. So I'm going to ask Sir Didymus. Um, uh, what happened to you before? You? How did you even get teleported here? What were you doing before before you uh, got here? What were your What were your earliest memories
2: before this? My earliest memories. That is a strange question. Well, <laughs> when I was a pup, my mother used to always say, "Diddy, make sure you eat your scraps," and I ate them every day, and that is why I am so strong.
1: Oh, well. <laughs> I, I I immediately regret asking that question.
0: <laughs> it's okay. You can like, the way it works is you ask me one of these questions.
1: Oh, So it's, okay. it's like
0: from the GM. So like you can, like You're if you wanted right. to get more information from them, that's definitely like you can do that before asking me the question, but um, at you get to direct the question at me and then I will tell you based on the...
1: So I am going to ask you, uh, do I know any of the forces that might have brought them here?
0: I think you got to pick one from the list.
1: Oh, you're right. No, well, what was done here recently?
0: Yeah, um, they were teleported in, uh, by something. Um, uh, you don't think since it was two people, uh, since it was two people and like from very different places, um, I think you can assume that it probably wasn't uh Dr. Romero's thing going wrong, even if Dr. Romero might assume that that is what is the the thing. Um, you have been hearing about um about uh this happening actually you haven't heard about it with people but you've heard um the sovereign force which is the ruling class and also the ruling like body and also police force of the of the of ETA um has been dealing with uh there have been instances and incidents that have been you've probably seen them on like tv and stuff that like objects from other worlds have been showing up and that they have um uh like and the sovereign force says that it's under control and that they've been dealing with it but it's been happening a lot and it it like they haven't been slowing it down in any way they've just been like taking the items and like moving them away so there is some sort of force that has been messing with the messing with um what sh- is according to the sovereign force um uh, belongs in Ita.
1: oh oh that's very that's, so I'm going to tell them that. I'm going to be like, oh my goodness, I've heard of this. This has been happening on the news. You guys, you guys were brought here. I wonder what's happening. The Sovereign Force said they take care of it, but this is getting out of hand.
0: You also know that the Sovereign Force is like very hostile to off-worlders. Like it's like kill or capture.
1: Oh, oh, we got to, oh God, that means they're going to come looking for y'all. And y'all, I don't know where you guys are going to end up. We, we got to hide y'all. Hmm. Maybe uh, you could fit in my purse. I don't think I'll fit in the purse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about Sir Didymus.
0: Or-
3: oh, I I, I I, figured. I just, I think we're gonna need, um, hmm. Can I also do a deep dive? Yeah, go ahead. Um, let me, this is gonna be interesting because my heart is a negative one. Oof. Not the best. A oh. six. <laughs> That's gonna be a six. On a miss, the GM tells you something you wish wasn't true. Yeah. Very eager to hear what that is. Yikes, I'm ready.
0: You've heard of the Sovereign Force. You've have done a little bit of interplaner, like uh actually maybe like you have you don't even necessarily have to have done interplaner stuff. Um a sovereign force agent showed up on um on like your oh, world God. and was like, hey, you're not allowed to leave and is like stopping inter like was there to like stop interplaner travel. Um and so you are like being the slight coward that you are, and knowing that now, knowing that you are on Eta, because they were pretty, uh, they were like it, they were like, in the name of Eta, like we are shutting off interplanar travel. Um, that you and uh, you know that they are very hostile towards uh, uh, towards offworlders, and you don't know enough about the like, like trying to focus on the situation. All you can focus on is like how how like scary those like mm-hmm. uh people were and it's yeah. overwhelming to you <laughs> um
3: i i've got to get out of here um do, do you do you have any portals off world or uh any any anything i could modify maybe to to tap into
1: I, I don't know i i don't know i i don't have anything like that i just make the buildings around here then then you know somewhere we could hide for sure, yeah. I know the layout of uh, this whole block. At least, at least for the next ten blocks. Why are we hiding?
3: Are there villains about? <sighs> mm-hmm. I, I don't know about villain. I think in this scenario, I think we're the villains. Uh, I, I was contacted by uh, a member of the, um, the, the Sovereign Force, and they uh, specifically told me not to come here. Uh, and that there would be consequences if I did. So I I am going to hide.
1: Sir. Yes. You said your name was Diddy? Sir, Sir Didymus. Sir Didymus. Uh, there seems to be some uh, vanquishing that we'll have to do another time. And I wouldn't call this a retreat, but a tactical uh, withdrawal. And we're going to have to tactically get out of here so we can survive. Or, Well, yes. you... Cause they're not gonna take me out, but they're gonna hoist you up somewhere in the unknown. Hmm. It's kind of cute when you look at it. Okay, I'm gonna see if I can peek around the block and try to let me let me see if that's a move. Actually, I don't. I don't think we're at the point where we're gonna convince somebody.
0: No, but uh, um, uh I think like you can tell me what the plan is, and it's probably gonna be um. Push through stress, maybe, because li- like, um, yeah, no
1: stressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does seem kind of stressful.
0: Uh, Because Doctor Romero can pass as like an Etienne, ET- ET- um, because.
3: Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go full disguise. Yeah, and I'll, I'll describe
0: that in a bit. Oh, mi- oh, very good. I'm very excited. Um, because it doesn't like in the in the the setting stuff, it doesn't describe what people on Eta look like. Um, but I'm I so I'm just. It does describe, like, humanoidiness, it and it describes, like, people who don't look human. So, I think that on ETUB, it's just, like, it's, like, humans. Like, it's a human world. Um, right. So, uh, gonna... and, mm-hmm. so, like, Dr. Romero can pass as, like, an Ittian. But, uh, Sardinimus uh not so much. Very obviously not from here. Um...
1: I could, I could... Mm, if it's so obvious
0: so like you could like sneak or do disguises or um
1: i was gonna try to sneak him and then if i had to i could convince him that you know he's my pet or something he might not like that
0: i think he's a little but i I remember like in the movie he's like pretty big but (laughs) i might work
1: oh wait every time i see this i keep whenever i look at the pictures of sir he looks tiny here, he's like know. a foot and a half tall. Maybe he's he's like a big pet. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's a big dog. Okay, yeah. I'll see if we can. Mm, you'd have to sit still. You'd I'd have to hold you. You'd have to not talk so much. Okay, okay. Well, we'll figure it out. I'll try to sneak <laughs> him. I'll try to sneak him. Maybe I can right. under under uh. Maybe I could. Maybe he could hoist up on my back, and I could throw a jacket on and. Well, maybe I'll just be a hunchback for a day.
0: Yeah, that that could work.
1: How, how does that How does that sound? Serendipitous. We're gonna have to figure something out. Do you have any better plans? We're doing espionage.
3: Uh, while you guys are figuring this out, Doctor Romero has, um, taken his like sun visor, flat cap, like hat with no top type situation. He's flipped it around, very cool, um, so that the bill is facing the back. He's taken hmm. off his glasses and is just squinting horribly. Um, and he's taken off his jacket, like his his scientist lab coat, um,
1: and rolled up his his shirt sleeves. He's like
3: totally unrecognizable.
1: I I give him a questioning look, but I respect it. That works.
3: <laughs> he uh, he uh, he can't see it. He doesn't have his glasses on. <laughs> not
1: the not the sense of style that I'd expect, but it works. Um. I feel like Dr. Wait, Doctor, uh Sir vernacular is can maybe help him with his situation as well, but we probably don't want him talking so much. So I I try to explain the situation to Sardidimus. Uh he has the choice of uh I guess hitching a ride, you know, in my coat. He doesn't seem like he's too big for me to, you know, carry. I have a whole bunch of, you know, I got my uh, bags of paperwork and stuff like that, so I can probably, you know, sneak him along in there into the building. Since Doctor Romero looks, you know, pretty, pretty unassuming on his own, even <laughs> even though his uh, his choice of fashion is very different. So I want to, I want to try that. What type of role or? Or move with that. Move. Um,
0: I think it's like push through stress. Like this is a stressful. I don't like looking at the other moves. I don't think it like lines up with.
1: Right. Like, I can. I can see that. Yeah. I. Th- well, I feel like see.
0: the push through. Str- like it's like this is a stressful situation. Um when you push through stress, roll with links. The GM chooses which links to roll based on the situation. Feel like this is maybe light or mastery, because it's like symbolic of friendship and the love your character possesses. Like you're being very empathetic here in trying to help Sardidimus.
1: Okay. And this is a regular two D6? Uh
0: yeah, two D six plus the amount of links you have in light. Got it. Okay, so
1: I've got oof. Yeah, light, huh? Okay, we're 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 nowhere in light. At least it's not taking away anything. Okay,
0: so we're gonna go ahead and do that. You got take So you get to pick two. Hey, um, succeed at what a. you were attempting. Take plus one forward. Ask a question about the seed. Gain an advantageous position.
1: Okay, so so what I'm probably going to do is uh, mm-hmm. take a plus one forward, mm-hmm. of course, and then oh wow, huh? You can just succeed. <laughs> you can just succeed. Away. I, I just realized what you were saying. And then um uh, I do wanna ask a question about this scene. So um
0: Well, if you take plus one forward and ask a question about the scene, that means you don't succeed at disguising Sir Dinamis as like a hunchback and that Sir Dynamis is gonna be seen.
3: Wait, what? You can only pick two. you
0: can only you pick two.
3: Yeah. Wait, you picked two... From this well, list. It's it's interesting that success is, like, separate from other options. It's very
1: interesting. Okay, okay. So I should probably just... I just want to succeed at what I'm attempting, because mm-hmm. I don't have enough uh, information at this point to kind of want to do anything else.
0: Yeah, you get another one, too.
1: Okay, cool. I guess if we want to kind of keep our eyes and ears out, we do want to gain an advantageous position. Yeah. What, what exactly does that entail?
0: Um... Like? Well, it can, can tell a lot of things. Like if you have an idea, I'm super open to you um pitching one. Um I was thinking that maybe you um you get to like you know that there's a building that you um uh you um are isn't like help design that's in the process of being built still, uh, that has like upper floors. So you can go to a build you have a building where no one is gonna be in it and um That's perfect. And uh, Yeah, you were thinking around
1: the same um, Yeah, and
0: also like you have a view of like the street from above. So you can, like, yes. keep your eye out for um, patrols and stuff.
1: Exactly. That's that's what I was leaning towards. That's what I want to do. I bundle up Sardidimus, and I go ahead and I don't touch uh, Dr. Romero because he seems to not like to be touched. <laughs> I'll kind of lead him over to uh, a building that I'm, I've i uh, helped design, and it's still kind of in the works. And we'll go up there and see if we can gather some more clues. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, what do you do once you're up there? Like... What's the plan?
1: I am. I'm gonna. T- I'm gonna kind of put Mister Sardinitus off me, and I'm gonna be like, I'm looking at him like, "Wow, what are you?" Like, I have, this is stuff I've only heard stories about. He's kind of take. He's kind of enthralling me at the moment. He's very interesting, <laughs> my lady. Doctor
3: Romero's is just gonna be looking out the windows, just sort of surveying and very nervously checking for sovereign forces.
2: I feel like that would be a role, though. What? Romero's doing oh yeah actually
3: yes oh man what would this
0: I mean it's probably deep dive again yeah Mm -hmm. oh
3: god here we go
0: we're doing it a lot but
3: here we go again another minus one Sick again. <laughs> the same exact thing. Yep. Uh, um, well, so, sorry, guys. I'm just going to keep making it worse. Yeah,
0: uh, you see down on the street, you see the crowds of people that are like walking to work because it's like starting to get to like rush hour now. So, like, there's a lot of people on the street, but you see them start to like part and like that. There is like a clear bubble that is like walking through like a personal space bubble that is like walking through this. And you see, you look down and your eyes go wide as you see. Uh, two, uh, uh, Sovereign Force members who are, one of them is, um, uh, one of them is wearing, uh, Sovereign Force wear scaled armor and they wear face masks that, um, what part of their face is uncovered determines how, uh, like, high up they are in the, like, um. Uh, it determines, like, their, their, like, ranking in the, in the, um, or their, their, like, job, not necessarily their ranking, um, but you see one that has, that is, um, has, like, long dark hair and is dressed in, like, is, like, wearing armor that's kind of too big for them, and they're, they have a mask that their nose is uncovered, um, and you see one that is, has a mask where their mouth is uncovered, um, uh, yeah, and the one that has sort of the ill-fillinged armor is, like, clearly talking to the other one, who's just sort of, like, nodding along, and the- the one with the ill filling armor is, like, walking fast, and the other one is, like, trying to, like, catch up, but it's, like, not- it's relatively clear that there's, like, one person who's more in charge here. So, you've just seen some Sovereign Force members, like, walking by, what do you do?
3: Uh, Romare's gonna- is there, like, a- like, a window shade or anything?
0: Um, I don't um, think so, but you can, like, duck below the windowsill.
3: Yeah, I'm going to duck down so that just my, like, eyes and the top of my head are peering over. Um, and then I'm I'm going to um, stare at it for a couple more seconds just to sort of make sure I have the, you know, have the gist of things. And then I'm going to turn around and be like, uh, we, we're, we're, uh, they're, they're here. They're, they're outside. Um, c- come over here. They're, 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 they're outside.
1: I look over, confused. I'm like, "Who? Who's here? The the sovereign forces? They're uh, look. They're they're down on the street. Did you? Did they see us? Did they look like they were looking for us? I I don't I don't know. Probably."
2: Sir Didymus runs to the window. Oh my god!
1: Are these the
3: foes? Oh my god! I'm gonna try to push him down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I rush over to the windowsill as well, and I'm like, "Shh." So we're looking around and. I, uh, I want to do, uh, I want to do, I'm probably going to have to do another deep dive to see if I can find a place, um, uh, around here that I can, uh, either get them safely or, um, somewhere where we can have a, a conversation and decide on what we're doing next.
0: Yeah, I think you're, I think looking out the window, you can, um, see that it seems like the Sovereign Force is just patrolling the area, and that they're not, like, specifically going to come into this building right now. It's just you're going to have trouble leaving this building.
1: Okay. Leaving. Got it. All right. I, I can understand that. Okay. So I look at both of them. And um, I can kind of, uh, I, I'll, I'll look at them and say, okay, I don't know how you got here. But I think it's in your best interest to to get out as soon as possible. There's been a whole bunch of junk coming from a whole bunch of worlds for the past while. It's the police, the sovereign force hasn't been handling it very well, but I'm sure there's something going on and I think we need to figure that out and that's how we're going to be able to get you guys back. I look over to Dr. Romero and see his cowering face.
3: (laughs) Yeah, just just eyes wide, just like clutching the windowsill still.
1: I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask him. Does this seem familiar to you at all? I I figured. You mean you have such a huge repertoire, and at least, you know, biological splicing. And you said that uh, one of them came over to your world before.
3: I'll admit, I I thought about you know what it would what it would take to jump across dimensions. But this is this is beyond anything. I, I I only started thinking about it because some of those people came to me to tell me not to do it. Yeah. And and so I, I didn't really get much farther than thinking about it. Um, I, 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 I don't know how we got here, um, but it's probably going to be the same thing that we used to get back.
0: Mr. Benson, you, a memory is stirred in your brain. Um... It's something that you haven't thought about in a while, because the Sovereign Force has mostly stopped using them. But back when the sov- back before when the Sovereign Force was first founded, which um, you remember was to fight off a—actually, um, uh, it was even before the Sovereign Force was founded. Um, the head of the Sovereign Force, Edict 563, cr- developed a technology called the N Brace, which could be used to—as a weapon, a tool, um, or even to travel between worlds. Um, the Sovereign Force used them to help defeat the the um, dictator of uh, the name is escaping me, but I will find it. Um, Anapest Foil, who showed up shortly after the device was created and was taking over worlds, um, and the so- but the Sovereign Force has for some reason like moved away from using them in recent years. So it was it was like in the back of your m- mind, but now that you're thinking about what might be, help get people off world. Uh, you remember these embraces.
1: Oh, okay. And then I gasp and I look at Dr. Amaro and I'm like, the embraces. And I... The em- embraces? Yeah, the embrace. That's going to get you out of here.
3: And I don't think that hugging is going to get me out of here.
1: <laughs> no. An embrace. I think it's going to get you and... Sir Didymus. Is that like a pet name? I'm just so confused. And you're um you're your your companion out of here. And I think that's also I, I would like to see if I can kind of uh you know kind of think in the recesses of my mind where I might be able to find one or find somebody who knows where one is. So I think that that sounds like a deep dive
0: or uh Would that be, uh... you know, I think I can just tell you, like,
2: I think, I think
0: none of the moves seem to are like about like trying to like recall information or like get information that you don't have. So I think like I can just tell you, Um, well, uh, and you, I think you logic this out, like the, the, the sovereign force used to use them. So if they're not using them anymore and they're not like it's not like they're just giving them out to people on the street, they're probably trying to dispose of them some way. So if you could figure out where the sovereign force is disposing of these objects, then um, or like uh, like storing them or something, you could probably um, f- find a, like a usable one.
1: Right. OK, so I will need to. That sounds like I need to get an in with the sovereign force. Or somebody who... uh
0: Yeah, well, there are two of them outside. <laughs>
1: that's very true. But I have to know the uh, the right stuff to ask. That's very true. Because if I come out of the building, they're not going to be freaked out. They're going to be like, what are you doing here? And I'm going to be like, oh, I could distract. <laughs> I could definitely distract them for y'all. And then send y'all... Uh, and you could take... Okay, so I'll be telling him this. Dr. Romero, I'm going to go outside. And have a chat with those lovely uh, Sovereign Force officers. And I'm going to need you to follow my exact instructions. And you're going to have to take Sir Didymus to uh, my office. And we'll meet there once I get a little more information about these embraces. And maybe we can see about getting you both off of this world. Maybe. Can figure out what's going on with all the funny stuff around here. Does that sound like a plan? My lady, all right, uh,
2: I cannot let you talk to the villains and leave without being there to defend you.
3: Well, t- technically, they're the law force and we're the villains here. I, I mean, we are we're trespassing there. That's we're, we're breaking the law. I think it's
1: best if you sit this one out just just for a bit. I promise you'll get your sh- your time to shine real soon. But right now they're not going to welcome you with open arms. Could you um I, okay so so I'd actually like to do
3: like a limit break here which is when when you help out your friends or create an opportunity for them roll with light. I'd like to try to give Mr. Benson like a leg up in this future conversation with the sovereign force. Um so that like if if I could, if we can sort of talk through like what embraces might look like and wh- how they maybe work, um, like basically, I would I would like to roll to see if I can help give um, like help postulate any useful information for Mister Benson to use in this like persuasion conversation that's going to come up.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. All
3: right. Well. <laughs> um. So so an embrace, brace. You say. Let's. Uh. Hmm. Let me think. Uh. uh so maybe. Let me, let me see how smart I'm feeling right now. This will be good. I don't have a minus on this one. It's just, um, just regular. Here we go.
0: You've been listening to Voices at Play. Building a table for everyone. Join us in the next episode for the conclusion to this one shot. If you've enjoyed the game we're playing and it sounds like it might be a good fit for you, please check the links in the show notes and on our website where you can find a direct route to order a copy for yourself and get playing today. Voices at Play is completely not-for-profit, but it does incur costs. This show is brought directly to you by the generosity and support of listeners like yourself, who support us on our Patreon. One-dollar pledges are the lifeblood that make this project work, so if you're able, please head over to patreon.com forward slash voices at and pledge to join our little community, working to make the tabletop role-playing space a more diverse, vibrant, and inclusive place for all. Until next time... We'll just keep on playing.